0: Well, hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. I'm so glad you guys have joined me today at the Off the Bench podcast here at the intersection of faith and culture. Today, I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about what it means to find strength in your weakness. I've been getting a lot of questions and emails from you at the podcast, and several of them lately have had to do with work environment, uh, moms that feel inadequate to testify at school board meetings and things like that. And one mom in particular who said that she felt that her weaknesses were more at work in her life than her strength. If that's you, this podcast is really going to be good for you. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I hope you guys are doing good today, wherever the Lord has you. And I know, because I trust the Lord, that God is at work in your life, no matter what it is that you're facing today. I want to spend just a few minutes, I've been looking at your questions, I'm trying to get through these questions, I just can't seem to ever uh, catch up with them, but a lot of the questions that are coming in recently have to do with those of you who are, either you have a child that's in the workforce who is struggling with the DEI and the woke uh, workforce culture right now or you're afraid to step out into the culture. Uh, One such letter came from a Christian conservative in Mississippi, and she said, do you have any ideas or suggestions for how I can get off the bench and speak up for my faith in Jesus Christ in my workplace? I work from home for a large hospital in an extremely liberal state. This company bombards its employees with DEI agenda items constantly. And now that it's pride month, it's become unbearable. Boy, I'll tell you what. I hear you on that one, right? Uh, Pride Month, the, one of the seven deadly sins, and yet here we are celebrating it. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. She said, I just read the daily email in which our company announced a chance to win tickets to drag brunch. I feel so convicted, not condemned, convicted. I love that you have made that distinction, by the way, that I should be vocal and stand against this wickedness, but I fear for my job. I would love any insight and ideas that you could offer and also want to thank you for your boldness in Christ uh, and God's absolute truth in a world that is so lost in need of a savior. Well, you just hit the nail on the head. The world is lost and in need of a savior. This is no different than what Paul faced when he was preaching the gospel. I think oftentimes we forget that when the Bible was given to us, many of the men that God spoke to that wrote down the Bible and recorded, uh, recorded it for us were facing death persecution. And in fact, most of the disciples were martyred for their faith. And so the persecution of Christians is nothing new. Certainly it is new to this generation because we've lived for now very long time with pretty much no pushback for uh, Christianity. We were free to say what we believed and to stand for what we knew was right, but we're definitely living in a different world right now. And so I'm going to get to your question, but I also want to address another question from a sweet mama in Illinois who said that she feels wholly inadequate. And I love the honesty of these questions as they're coming in. She said, I just feel wholly inadequate to do anything like what I hear you talking about on your show day after day. I see what's happening in my schools and I'm afraid to speak up. I see what's happening around me and I feel worried that this is going to come and hurt my children if I stand for what I know is right. I don't know what to do. This feels this fear feels like a thorn in my flesh. So I love this question. Also, just the vulnerability to be able to say this is hard and it is hard, right? If you stand up for righteousness right now in the culture, I guarantee you, you're setting yourself up to be persecuted. But Jesus said, don't be surprised by that. He said that the world hated him before it ever hated you. And we can learn a lot from how Paul spoke to the church in Corinth. Now, keep in mind, you know, Paul's going to a very sick church. The Corinthian church was really struggling. They were struggling with sexual immorality. They had allowed things into their churches that absolutely flew in the face of what Jesus had come to set them free from. And in fact, they got off on pretty good footing and then they lost their footing. And I'm going to come back hopefully in the next week or two. and We're going to talk about the seven churches that the uh, that the apostle John wrote about in the book of Revelation. But and he said, "Listen, I've I I love what you're doing, but I got this one thing against you. You lost your first love." And so Paul is really struggling to speak to the church in Corinth in a way that he knows they'll understand, and he's trying not to sin himself, almost to the point of saying, uh, "Listen, uh, I don't I don't want to be conceited about anything that God's done for me. I wanted all I want all the glory to go to the Lord." When you are speaking about a workplace. And trying to figure out, so like, it's like the question I answered uh, a couple of days ago, right? Trying to figure out, Lord, how do you want me to speak on your behalf? And I said, hey, stink the place up, right? That's what my friend Steve Demi told me. But to live the Christian life is a dying to self. It's to allow Christ to live in and through us. We, were, we are instructed to be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. And so sometimes that means you don't say anything. The Bible says right words spoken in the right time are like apples of gold in a silver setting. And so the question becomes, Lord, is this the right time for me to speak? And if it is, what do you want me to say? Paul gloried in the fact that he relied on the Lord. He gloried in the fact that he was weak. He recognized his weakness. I'm always amazed that God would give Heidi St. John, a woman who cannot keep houseplants alive, seven children to love and raise and bring up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And God has used my little offering in spite of my weaknesses, in spite of myself. A lot of the times I'm just fighting against my own sin nature or against how I was raised. And it's just my bent is to go one way. But the Lord says, no, go this way. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says uh, to the church in Corinth. So he, he's told them I'm having, a, you know, I'm having visions, right? He has this um, apostolic authority that God has given him, and he's sharing it with the, uh, the believers in Corinth, starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, and he's realizing that he has a tendency to become prideful. And so now this is an issue that he's having to deal with in his own life. He says in verse six, even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. So he's trying to keep a check on what he realizes is going to be a struggle for him. And because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Why? So that the power of Christ might rest on me. This is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insult, in hardship, in persecution, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So I think about this when when you write to me and you tell me that you feel feel weak, that you feel inadequate, that you're afraid. Paul is saying that he glories in that because he's recognized that that is when Christ is going to show up. And while God absolutely does, use the skills that he gives us, the strengths that he's given us. Even more glory can be given to God when we learn to rely on him and serve him and make ourselves available to whatever God wants to do, despite our weaknesses and despite our struggles. God wants to be intimately involved in your life and in helping you become the man or the woman that God has created you to be. So Paul refers to this thorn, as a messenger of Satan and a lot of uh, biblical scholars think that uh, it could have been God, that God allowed the devil to attack Paul in some limited way in order to serve the Lord's purposes. But the fact remains that God was using this to keep Paul humble and Paul recognized it. And so he said, listen, uh, the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for my powers made perfect in weakness. So if you're the one who's writing to me, and you are uh, working with this corporation and this frustrating, you know, the diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, agenda items, and you know, Pride Month, and all of the wickedness that we are having to look at right now. I would encourage you go before the Lord because he ca- he says, "Don't be afraid." He has you exactly where he wants you right now. And until the Lord says to go somewhere else, get a job somewhere else, this is where he wants to use you. And to me, it's exciting because you're feeling and you said this in your letter, and I love it, convicted, not condemned. I mean, you guys have heard me say this before, right? The voice of conviction will always lift you up. It'll be the Holy Spirit inside you that says, come on, I love you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. I've called you for such a time as this. This is God's heart for you. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Condemnation always pushes you down. You're such a terrible mother. You you really screwed that up. You're never going to get that opportunity again. God's mad at you. Whatever that voice is that you hear that's pushing you down is not from the Lord. The Holy Spirit's voice of conviction will always lift you up. And so you don't come across to me as somebody who is struggling with that um, condemnation. But I just want to encourage you. You don't need to fear for your for your job. You need to speak the truth in love when God tells you to do it. And I think oftentimes, at least for me. I know when God's asking me to say something because my heart will race and my palms will get sweaty and I'll be like, no, 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 please don't ask me to say that. But I know it's the Lord. That's exactly how I felt when I announced a run for Congress. For me, it would have been disobedient not to do it because I knew that God was asking me to do it. And so it comes down to, I think, the issue is obedience. And sometimes we put false things on ourselves. Maybe God's not asking you to step out and address the, the woke agenda at your hospital, maybe God's not asking you to reach out to anybody about, about tickets that they're giving out for drag brunch. But if he is, then his strength is going to show up in your weakness. So that fear that you have of talking to your boss, ask the Lord for the words and God will give them to you. He will give you the right words at the right time and you can trust him. This is part of the awesome nature of walking with the Lord. And for the mom who wrote in from Illinois and said, Boy, I'm just, I'm afraid to go to my city council. Listen, you guys, you put one step in front of the other. I remember very clearly the first time I ever went to a public school board meeting. I really just wanted to listen. I wanted to kind of understand what is happening in the schools because I couldn't really uh, wrap my head around it. And I knew that if I went, I was going to be roundly criticized because my children were homeschooled. So after all, what what business do I even have being there? And so before I went, my husband prayed over me and we just prayed, God, show me what you want me to do. Tell me, show me when you want me to speak. Uh, encourage me when you want me to be quiet so that I don't walk ahead of you or behind you, but rather walk with you. And God's word says that he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And he will give you the words that you need so that you speak the right words in the right time. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic shoes at ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We should be known as men and women of the word and disciples of Jesus Christ. We should be known for our wisdom. We should be known for our slowness to get angry. God wants to do something with your life and he loves that you come to him with your weakness because the word says in your weakness, he is strong. So if you're listening to this right now and you feel weak and you feel inadequate, maybe you feel inadequate to homeschool your children, but you know, God's asking you to do it. Congratulations, you guys, you're right where God wants you. I often tell audiences when I'm speaking that I, I envision, sometimes I think about my home going, you know, and what that day will be like for Heidi St. John, when I, when I shed this earthly tent and I get to be with the Lord forever. And I've often thought of things my grandmother used to say to me about her home going and what she expected to see when she got to heaven. And I think when I get there, I fully expect that my um, knees are going to be scraped up and my hair's going to be on fire. And the Lord's going to be like, Heidi, you're home, girl, you look bad, but you're here you know, because he's asking us to give everything that we have to serve him for the small amount of time that we're here. And you guys, we're just passing through. We're not going to stay here forever. We seek a city to come whose architect and builder is God. That's the city I'm living for. That's the government I serve. I serve the Lord. And when you do that, when you serve the Lord, God will help you. And so regardless of the thorn that you feel that you have, maybe that that you see shyness as a thorn and a weakness in your life, God's grace is able to sustain you. If God's grace was sufficient to sustain Paul through his struggle, it is sufficient to sustain you. And and remember that because of this disability in Paul's life, whatever it was, and, and you know, Bible scholars uh, disagree on it, God received even more glory. I think about the Homeschool Resource Center, um, and I can't wait to show you what God is doing here because the very fact that God would give us this building and call us to this work is evidence of his heart and his plan and purpose unfolding in our lives. Because Jay and Heidi, St. John, apart from you know God's incredible, miraculous provision, there's no way we'd be doing this. Absolutely no way at all. And yet God said, listen, you give it to me and you let me do it. God's provision always, always follows God's vision. And so if God's calling you to go to a school board meeting, sometimes the the trick is just putting one foot in front of the other. Sometimes the trick is like, all right, I'm my grandmother used to say to me, I you can do anything. Just do it afraid. I do a lot of things afraid. I do a lot of things worried about what people are going to think about me, worried about maybe I'm going to get this wording wrong or I'm going to get the statistic wrong or this or, you know. Uh, but I've learned that God wants to use my weakness, because then I know when I get to the end of this thing, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. God doesn't want you to get to the end of your homeschool journey and say, "Well, I was an amazing homeschool mom because you know I found this amazing curriculum and my kids were made." No, God, I think that God wants us to get to the end of our homeschool journey, fall flat on our face, lift our hands to the heavens, and say, "Thank you, Father, that was all you. That was all you that we can that we can say with one heart and one mind." Lord, we know that this wasn't us. We know that this was you at work through us, that you that you choose broken vessels, that you choose our weakness so that your strength can be magnified. That's the God that we serve. So whether you are working in a woke uh, environment or you know that God's calling you to go down and get involved in what's happening in your in your local public school system and speak up on behalf of those who the Bible says cannot speak up for themselves, wherever you are in your life. God has you right where he wants you when you are walking with him. And it's the willingness to obey that God honors. So it's coming before the Lord, just like you heard Mark Mark Spence say the other day. We wake up in the morning and we say, Father, we're reporting for duty. What do you want us to do today? Because the day is going to throw things at you that you didn't see coming. And there will be hurdles that you didn't know were there. Sometimes we encounter Sorrow, sometimes we encounter um hardship that has nothing to do with the road that God has you on, but you understand you didn't think so, but God had a plan and a purpose for it, and I love this too Paul um pointing the people that listened to him back to the Lord, He always pointed them back to the Lord, right He said, "My strength is made perfect, God's strength is made perfect in my weakness, and He made sure they knew that he wasn't relying on his own strength. So no matter what it is, make sure that you're not relying on your own strength, and but instead you're relying on the strength of the Lord. I love this passage. Paul said, so this is how it is with me, you guys. When I came to you, I didn't come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. Some of you are going to work right now and you're, and you're going there in weakness with great fear and trembling. Paul can understand how that feels. He said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the spirit's power. Man. And then he goes on to say, why? So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And so even though Paul was known for teaching the whole counsel of God, and he definitely taught the church at Corinth, he taught the Corinthians the word of God, his focus on preaching and on what God wanted him to do was that unbelievers would come to know Jesus. That's kind of the point, because until somebody believes the gospel, there's really nothing more to say, right? Until we see heart change, heart change is what we're after. Mark Mark Spence just last week was saying, he can change somebody's mind on abortion and they might decide yes, I agree with you it's wrong to take a human life but they're going to go home and they're still going to be sleeping with their boyfriend or sleeping with their girlfriend. They're still going to be fornicating and and the Bible says that is enough right there this this brokenness in human in human beings to separate us from God for all of eternity. And so Paul is really preaching the cross. And it was so dominant in the early church these apostles who were preaching Christ crucified Christ crucified A lot of uh, believers were accused of worshiping a dead man. Remember, Paul came to Corinth after being imprisoned in Philippi. He was run out of town in Thessalonica and Berea. He was scoffed at in Athens. And so he may have been physically weak, but what does he say about that? He said, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. That fear and trembling, this was not theatrics for Paul. This was a seriousness of mission. That God had called him to. He understood that what he was doing was dangerous. And so he did it. He, he walked this life out that God had given him in obedience. And he was arguing that his, uh, his gifting wasn't his own. It didn't come to him through human wisdom, only through the cross. He came to Corinth in full dependence on the Holy Spirit. You're going to go wherever you are today, go in dependence on the Holy Spirit. Walk into your workplace with the Lord by your side, walk into your child's school to testify to a school board or whatever it is to your school district. Walk with the strength that comes from knowing that you are a child of the living God, that God has his hand on you. And there's nothing outside of God's perfect plan for you that's already unfolding in your life that's going to happen to you that God didn't already see in the future. This is why we talked about for you know for two and a half years or whatever that we were struggling through lockdowns and mass band aids and people were afraid of of a virus with a ninety nine point nine percent survival rate. We were afraid that we were going to die, and yet the Bible tells us our days have been numbered. We don't need to live in fear. When you realize that your days have been numbered, what it does, at least it does for me, is it says, Father, I want to obey for the for the few uh, hours I have on this earth. I want to spend it walking with you. I want to cultivate right relationships in my life. I want to have a wonderful marriage. I want to be a wonderful mother. And Lord, there are days when I just, I feel like I just can't do it. And God says, all right, now you're right where I want to. Because look, you've seen what you can do. Now let me show you what I can do. That's the heart of God. You've seen what your strength can do. Rely on God and glory in your weakness, because that's where his strength will always be found. So whether you're struggling with fear of man or whether you're physically exhausted or whether you're struggling with having to go to a workplace that's antithetical to what you know to be true, trust the Lord. His strength is made perfect in weakness. God's not looking for leaders and experts to, to have it all together. He wants you to lean into him and to allow yourselves to embrace the fact that God's going to show up in spite of you. He's going to show up in your weakness. And when he does, that's your opportunity to lift your hands to the heavens and say, thank you, Father, that was all you. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to give the glory to him. Jesus was authentic. He was sincere. He was faithful. He was, he was uh, honest about what was happening in the culture. He was trustworthy. And God wants you to be all of those things in your life as you walk out God's unique purpose just for you. That's all I have time for today, you guys. I so appreciate you listening to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for leaving reviews for us at iTunes. We appreciate it more than you know. If you've never left a show review, or even if you have, you can leave another one. It helps boost the ratings here at the Off the Bench Podcast. And as always, I would love to hear from you. You can write to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Let me know what topics you like to hear about. If you've got a question, if you've got a concern, I love to hear about it. And we will answer those questions and concerns right here on the show at the intersection of faith and culture. We love you guys. Have a great afternoon and I'll see you back here again next time.